time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction. And today, what our Lord Jesus calls the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. A challenge for all of us because we all have something that can get in the way of us living out that command. Here's the truth. We all have a God, and that God or gods uh, that uh, drive our lives, uh, that's that's uh, those gods, and they're like what I like to call those gods in our life that begin with a small g. Now, that might be our drive for success or money, or lust, or power, but those things in our life that are most important to us, and God, uh, with a capital G, gets pushed down our list of priorities. Well, we're going to talk about that today, here to help us on the journey. One of our regular contributors back with us once again, Father Jim Kabicki. Father Jim is a Jesuit priest and director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. Just a reminder, you can hear his uh, prayer reflections uh, throughout the day, all across the relevant radio. Network. Father Jim Kabicki, great to have you back. How are you doing today? Chuck, it's always good to be back and it's always good to talk to you. And uh, I'm doing pretty well, even though here in South Dakota we had a little bit of snow, had to use the shovel to uh, uh-huh. clear out the porch this morning, and they're predicting a weather, a winter weather storm. A win- what do they call it? Winter storm watch is in effect for tomorrow into Sunday. So uh, winter is arriving here in South Dakota. (laughs) It's on its way everywhere, that is for sure. But uh, great to have you with us. And uh, this is our Friday broadcast. We always like to take a look ahead to our Sunday readings, our Sunday gospel, to kind of give you a heads up on what you're going to be hearing as you celebrate Mass um, this weekend. As we do every day, we will be opening up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us. And uh, we hope some of you will say yes to uh, joining us on the program today. But Father Jim Vicki, get us started. Sunday's Gospel, that's from the Gospel of Matthew. Give us an overview. What's going on? Well, it's, it's an interesting context. This is in Matthew chapter 22, and the Pharisees have been um, just a, a kind of on the edges of a conversation that Jesus had with a group called the Sadducees. And the Sadducees, they were more of a, the the party that was in, engaged with the, the priestly class, uh, the Jewish priestly class in Israel at the time, and they did not believe in the resurrection of the body. And Jesus had just put them um, straight what God uh, promises, uh, that as Jesus said, God is the God, not of the dead, but of the living. And so having just silenced the Sadducees, who were enemies of the Pharisees, because the Pharisees did believe in the resurrection of the body. Now the Pharisees come in, and they are hoping to to catch Jesus. And so according to our gospel, it says that there was a scholar of the law 
who tested Jesus. But actually, this question that uh, the Jewish people and the rabbis, they often debated a question like this. But it appears in the context of, t- of Sunday's gospel that they're, they're trying to trap Jesus. And so the, the scholar of the law tests Jesus by asking, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Because remember, the Jewish law had many, many different parts to it. I think it was over 605 or 650 um, different aspects of the law governing the life of the Jewish people. And so it was a common question that they would say, well, now which of these is the greatest? And Jesus kind of cuts through all of those um, minor laws or regulations that governed diet and and uh, how you would work on Sunday or how how far you could travel on sun on excuse me on Saturday the Sabbath, and he cuts through all that and uh, tells the Pharisees what the greatest commandment is, and what's interesting is he actually gives two commandments, and so the the question arises well. Is one greater than the other, or do the two go together? And that's uh, in Sunday's Gospel, where Jesus gives two commandments that are actually one commandment. Father Jim Kabicki is our spiritual director. Let's open up our phone lines. We're going to ask uh, Father Jim to share this Sunday Gospel with you uh, right uh, pretty quickly here. But uh, let's get our phone lines open, and certainly as you listen to it, what jumps out at you? We'd love to hear uh, what you think about it. But uh, we're going to be talking about the greatest commandment. And uh, the question, uh, really for all of us, but to you and our listening audience, what gets in the way of you loving God with all of your heart, soul, and mind? And when have you said no to the God in your life, that God that begins with a small g, to follow the Lord and live out his plan for you. Again, toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So, Father Jim Kabicki, can we take a moment here and ask you to share this Sunday gospel with our listeners today? I'm very happy to do that. And this is from the Gospel of, of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The gospel of the Lord. And praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father Jim Kabicki, as you share that with us uh, right now, what jumps out at you the most? Well, for me... um, and what jumps out at me is that word heart. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I, I guess the reason that jumps out at me is, you know, for uh, 17 years, excuse me, for 14 years, I was the director of the Apostleship of Prayer in the United States, and we promoted devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So that word heart always, um, when I see it, it jumps out at me because I know that when the scriptures speak about the heart, 
they're not talking about a sentimental kind of feeling, uh, the kind of thing that, you know, we, we put a Valentine and, and send it to our friends or to classmates in, in grade school, that kind of thing. Um, but it's a, a much deeper reality. The heart is the center of the person. It's the core of the person. You could say it's the totality of the person. Uh, when we use the expression heart, we'll say, you know, well, that person, uh, they just, uh, their heart isn't in it. Or when we encourage someone to to really give it their greatest effort, we're telling them, you know, put your heart into it. And that way we're, we're telling them to, you know, go draw down on deep resources and and give all you've got to something. And, uh, you know, the opposite is uh, to be half hearted. We use that expression to half hearted means you're you're not giving it your all or I have a divided heart or a hard heart. And and so we're called to love God with all our heart. It, it basically means to love God totally with, with everything, not half-heartedly, not giving God, you know, part of yourself or part of your day, part of your time, but giving God your whole self. And, um, and if you give God your heart in that way, um, the saints— uh, throughout history have said, um, God will, will also give you his heart. And, and that's where loving our neighbor comes into play. Yeah. So Father Jim Kabicki, is this where I mentioned your book, A Heart on Fire? Oh, this is where you can mention it, certainly. <laughs> um, yes, I, I wrote that book. Uh, Ave Maria Press out of uh, Notre Dame had, had asked me as the director of the Apostle of Prayer to write a book about rediscovering devotion to the to the heart of Jesus, to the sacred heart of Jesus, and uh, and it was uh, such a wonderful opportunity for me because I, you know, talk about the heart and what the heart means in Scripture and how saints have talked about the heart, and then basically, you know, to say if if we have a heart like the heart of Jesus, we will love other people the way Jesus loved them. And, and again, that's where the second part comes in, where we love God so totally, and he gives us his heart to love our neighbor as ourselves. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director, talking about the uh, Sunday gospel from Matthew. It's the greatest commandment, loving God with all of our heart, uh, soul, and mind. And what gets in the way in uh, your journey of faith, uh, maybe pushing God down uh, your priority list a little bit? We're going to talk about that. But if you'd like to join us again, toll-free phone number today, 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, life at relevantradio.com. So, Father Jim, whenever I start to get into this, and I mentioned it in my little uh, intro and can we make the point that we talk about and don't we all want to i think we do um want to love god with our with all of our heart all of our soul and all of our mind but we all have a god i think even for people who don't quote unquote believe in god they have a god some god with a small g in their life and i think that we all have something um that uh, we kind of, uh, that's our top priority. But we, what gets in the way? All of these gods with a small g, they do get in the way, don't they? Right. I, and I was so glad when you mentioned that um, because, um, you know, Chuck, I, I, I couldn't help thinking as, as soon as you said that, what jumped into my mind was a song. 
And it's a song, you know, um, the folk singer and uh, poet Bob Dylan. Uh, many of us maybe remember him from the 60s. Uh, and, and to the present, he continues to write music. But in the 1980s, he had had a conversion of sorts uh, to um, Christianity. And uh, he, he wrote a song called, You Gotta, Gotta Serve Somebody. And, and basically, in his song, he goes through all those other kinds of small g gods that we can have. And it's the sense that, you know, who do, what or who do we give our time, our talent, our treasure, our attention to in our lives? And is God the number one priority that then... Um, if God is the number one priority, then the other choices we make in our lives will be uh, toward serving and loving God. Uh, but if God is not number one, then we tend to give ourselves and become enslaved to other things. You know, it might be even good things like uh, loved ones, relationships. It might be um, family. But if God is not at the center and heart of the family, you know, we'll, we'll do things to, well, keep everybody uh, at peace or happy, uh, but we, we won't really be leading them uh, to love God totally the way we are all called to love God. So um, we might give ourselves to the small g of material things and possessions or recreation, you know, how we spend our time, how much time we spend uh, watching maybe sports on television or news on television versus how much time we, we give to prayer and to reading scripture or spiritual reading. And all of those, um, you know, we, we think, well, of course I love God and I serve God, but is God really that priority that influences the other choices and decisions we make in terms of how we use our time and how we spend our money? Um, because that's what this gospel is challenging us to do, is to see that God uh, is the one who should have our heart totally, and that anything else that gets in the way of that uh, becomes that small g God, which is an idol. Yeah, and then uh, should we make the point here, Father Jim, that th that those things, uh, those things with the small g, uh, they aren't bad, but they, mm -hmm. but they, they just they tend to just take our our attention, and that's where our our focus goes, and and our Father God kind of gets pushed away or pushed aside, or uh, is not uh, most important in our life. And that's right, Chuck. And, you know, St. Ignatius Loyola, in his uh, the founder of the Jesuits, in his spiritual exercises, he has rules for discerning, discernment of spirits, he calls it. And he'll say, you know, for, for good people who are trying to love God and serve God, um, sometimes the evil spirit comes as an angel of light. Excuse me. Yes, under the guise of an angel of light. And so he'll tempt you toward toward good things. But um, sometimes those good things end up taking the place of God and and get us a little out of whack. Even something like uh, our prayer life. Um, sometimes the evil spirit will say, you know, uh, if you really loved God, you would give more time to prayer. And you would, uh, you know, this one novena you're doing is good, but you should do these 10 other novenas if you really loved God. And we might think, well, you know, at that point, what's happening is even a good thing, like praying a novena, and we think, well, I'm serving God when I do that. But 
if it takes us away from uh, what God is calling us to do in terms of doing laundry or serving our family, uh, then what the evil spirit has done is he's moved us uh, under the guise of good, thinking, hey, I'm doing a good thing here. But really, we've idolized our prayer rather than serving God the way God wants to be served. Um, St. Teresa of Avila, the great uh, Carmelite mystic, uh, once said that if a sister came to her and said she was having these wonderful contemplative experiences in her prayer, uh, but that her behavior in the community was not very forgiving or, or loving or generous, she did not trust the prayer of that sister because it was not being translated into the way God calls us to love, not just, you know, God, but also to love our neighbor and to love God and serve God the way God is calling us to do in our different vocations. We are talking today about the greatest commandment and what gets in the way of you loving God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. When have you said no to the God in your life, that God that begins with a small g, to follow the Lord and live out his plan for you? Father Jim Kavicki is our spiritual director. If you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And thank you for joining us on The Inner Life today. I'm Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz, Jim Schaefer answering your phone calls. And if you are just joining us, uh, Father Jim Kabicki is our spiritual director. Father Jim is a Jesuit priest and director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. You can hear his uh, prayer reflections uh, throughout the day all across the relevant radio network. More information, by the way, and check this out, uh, Father Jim's website, uh, the many, many good works at the St. Francis Mission, SF as in St. Francis, sfmission.org. And um, just a great work uh, by Father Jim and everybody working uh, out west on the uh, Rosebud uh, Reservation in western South Dakota. So check that out. Also, just want to mention, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Father Jim is also the author of A Heart on Fire, also a year of daily offerings and a popular conference speaker, retreat director, parish mission speaker. And when he doesn't have anything else to do, he joins us on the inner life. It's always good to have Father Jim Kabicki with us on the program talking today about the Sunday gospel. It's the gospel of Matthew. It's uh, the greatest commandment and uh, phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll free number 888-914-9149 and um, email. You can email us life at relevantradio.com. But what gets in the way of you loving God with all of your heart soul and mind. And when have you said no to um, the God in your life, uh, that God uh, begins with a small g to follow the Lord and live out his plan for you? Again, toll-free number 888-914-9149. Before we get to some phone calls, Father Jim, I wanted to ask you, we um, hear this gospel reading uh, from Matthew. And so uh, here's the question. So if our love for God is so complete, so total, 
then how can there be any love left over for anyone else? Well, that's that's a great question, Chuck. And uh, I like to compare it to um, the um, let's say loves that we have in our lives. That you know, if we if we love another person, the the deeper our love is uh, that that we have for that person, the more we share that person's concerns, their desires, what interests them, and and so. If we really love God so totally, we will love what God loves. And what God loves, of course, is humanity, his, uh, the other children in the human race. Um, God so loved the world that he sent his only son to give his life to save us. And so if we really love God so totally, we will share God's love for our neighbor. And so the two are not in competition. You know, it's not like if I if I love my neighbor, then I'm not loving God. No, God is love. And uh, in fact, the, in the first letter of St. John, chapter 4, where St. John writes, God is love, St. John also wrote that we, we are liars if we say we love God but hate our neighbor. Um, because uh, basically, um, if we really love God, we can't hate our neighbor, uh, God's other children. We, we share God's love for them. So the two commandments, as Jesus presents them, really go together. They're not in competition. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director, uh, let's uh, get to some phone calls, and let's start with Mike listening in Des Moines, Iowa. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the program today. Yeah, what can you do if you haven't lived uh, lived a life uh, a godly life? How can you how can you forgive yourself? And then I'm confused about what the Pope said recently about civil unions. If you could clarify that, those two questions. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll, I can certainly clarify the first. The second one, I haven't done enough research or reading about. And in fact, just before the show came on, um, our bishop here in South Dakota. Uh, issued a statement about that. So I, I want to read a little more about what's being said. Of course, um, when the, the, the whole thing is the Pope is, is definitely not, um, um, let's say, blessing gay marriage. Uh, that's not part of what the Pope uh, is said. He can't do that. Um, their marriage is, is completely different, but I think it has to do with certain legalities. Um, um, people who maybe uh, have been um, a couple uh, for a long time, and um, one who is in the hospital cannot be visited by the other because the other is not considered a spouse or um, a close family member. And and so I, I think it, it gets into those kind of legalities. But I'm sorry, Mike, I have to do a little more uh, study and research of that. But the first question is, is an easy one for me to answer, because, um, you know, your, your question of if you haven't lived a good life, a holy life, uh, how can you forgive yourself? Well, first of all, um, forgiveness is uh, a gift, a grace from God. And uh, when we do not forgive, especially ourselves, we can be our own harshest critic, we can be our own uh, most condemning person. If, if we do not forgive ourselves, what we're doing is making ourselves God. We're, we're basically idolizing ourselves, saying, uh, I'm too terrible to forgive. God 
forgives us. And God, if we go to God and we, we repent and we say we're sorry, that's why we have the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, God does forgive us. What we have to do is accept that forgiveness and um, believe that God has forgiven us. And then, you know, a, a lot of times when, when people struggle with forgiving themselves, they're, you know, basically focused on the past. They're, they're not letting go of, of past um, weaknesses, past mistakes, bad things they've done. And the thing is, God wants you to let go of those things and move forward. And the devil is the one who tempts us not to forgive ourselves, because he wants us to dwell on the past and dwell on, um, dwell in a sense, beating ourselves up. And um, we don't want to listen to the devil. It's, it's a real temptation. If we struggle with forgiving ourselves, we're experiencing a temptation from the devil. And so basically you have to reject the devil, who um, in the scriptures is called the accuser. And so he, he's busy there, you know, in your ear and in your heart saying, oh, no, you, you know, you, you can't forgive yourself. You're beyond forgiveness, you know. Um, and I, I think it comes down real um, simply that every day to say a prayer, Lord, I believe you have forgiven me. Help me to forgive myself. And, and I think little by little, God will answer that prayer and, and take away whatever kind of uh, anger or unforgiveness you have towards yourself. Um, yeah. So that's how I would approach that, Mike. I, I hope that helps. Yeah. And, you know, Father Jim, um, and my great question, I'm going to reference uh, your second question there, too, here in just a second. But talk a little bit more about that. I know for me, uh, Father Jim, when I whenever... The other little God, gods with the little G's get into my, into my life. I start noticing that I'm using the word I. I start noticing that I'm using the word my. It's uh, all about me. It's uh, my children. No, it's not. It's our children. Um, and so for me, it's whenever I start to see that, it's really kind of a little bit of a wake up call to go back and look at the pride that's getting in there. I'm so terrible that God could never forgive me. And so pride sometimes, I think, does get in the way of us really loving God and believing that God is who he says he is. Boy, very good point, Chuck, um, because you're, you're absolutely right. When, when we say, I can't forgive myself, it's, you know, our focus is on ourselves, and we're making ourselves bigger than God. You know, and, and, and we think, well, God is too easy. Well, um, you know, it, uh, as um, there's a, a, one of the saints of the Year of Mercy, uh, Leopold Mandish, he was a Croatian Franciscan who lived in Italy, and uh, he was a great confessor uh, because he had a speech impediment, and he couldn't teach, and he couldn't preach, but he was great in the confessional. And sometimes people would criticize him. You know, you're being too easy on people. It's too easy. You should give them a harder penance. And, you know, um, and he would say, look, is it, is it I who am being easy? You know, I didn't die for these people. That's what Jesus did. And so if, if, if I ever have to have the Lord say, you know, you're being too easy on these people, these penitents who come to you, um, Leopold Mandish said, well, I would just ask the Lord, Lord, you're the one who gave me the bad example. 
you know, you're the one who gave your life totally for these people to forgive them and save them. And so we have to, I think, really believe that and not make ourselves bigger than God. And um, uh, you're absolutely right. Whenever we say, I can't you know, forgive myself, um, that's, uh, that's really a, 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 a pride there. Uh, and so part of humility is uh, just uh, like the, the sinner who was in the back of the temple. Jesus said he, he beat his breast and said, uh, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he's the one who goes away justified. That's what we have to do is to be humble. Yeah. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director. And uh, Mike, thanks for the call and uh, lots of uh, talk, uh, some confusion about what the Holy Father had to say about civil civil unions. And I was reading this morning a quote from uh, Bishop Thomas Peprocki, one of my favorite bishops. He's the uh, bishop in Springfield, Illinois. And I just think that maybe what he has to say about this might uh, help all of us. So these are the words uh, from Bishop Thomas Peprocki this morning. He says, based on what has been reported, it appears that the Holy Father is reminding the Catholic faithful of our duty not to alienate or discriminate against people with same-sex attraction. He goes on to say, it's also clear Pope Francis is not changing, nor can he change the Catholic Church's teaching that marriage is reserved for one man and one woman, and that any form of sexual activity outside of marriage is sinful. We have seen a pattern of media quotes by the Holy Father being taken out of context and uh, used to suggest a change in church teaching. So we have learned not to put too much stock in an interview quote. And there's some talk today about the Spanish translation and all of that. So I just thought what Bishop Paprocki had to say might be of uh, benefit to to all of you in our listening audience. And Mike, we hope uh, that uh, helped you as well. But uh, thanks for joining us, Mike. Great question. We appreciate it. you taking part in the inner life today. Let's uh, take another phone call. Sister Elizabeth, listening in Los Angeles, you're up next. And good. I, I wanted to share something about the gospel when it says to love others as yourself. And that was really difficult for me to understand because as a child, I had some things happen to me, and my reaction to that was low self-esteem. So after I made my confirmation in the Catholic faith, I fell away from the church. And it wasn't that I didn't love God or believe in him. It was that I didn't believe I deserved his love. So that's kind of emotionally where I was. When I finally did come back to the church in God's love and mercy, thanks be to God. Um, <laughs> thing, right? Thanks be to God. Um mm-hmm how merciful our God is. Um, But when I came back, when I heard that part of the gospel, it was really difficult. And even in the beginning, once I came and I found my vocation, I followed it, even as a sister in the beginning of my formation, when I would read that, it was hard for me still. And so finally I realized it was Uh, with my dialogue with Jesus about this feeling that I had, that it was because, I mean, the way I can love others as myself is that I desire them to be saved. And maybe no matter how low my self-esteem was, um, I don't want to be in hell. 
So that helped me so much. So even now I could say, of course, I've, I've learned to love myself more, of course, but still there's that little part in me. Like when you said that today, when you were reading the gospel, I said, ooh, that doesn't sound like very much. <laughs> That's been my first reaction, even today, 20 years after being in the convent. But, but just maybe that will help some of the listeners, too, just to know that, that maybe you don't feel that much about yourself at this time, but just think, I don't think any of us want to be in hell. So we love others by praying for them. Those who are not living right, pray for their conversion. May we all be in heaven together. Amen. Amen. Sister Elizabeth, thank you so much. That, you know, really brings it down to the basics. And uh, I, 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 you're absolutely right. And, and, and you said, you know, you may not feel that love for yourself or, or even feel it toward another. And uh, you bring up a very good point because we often in our world think of love as, as a feeling. But love comes down to, I think, that real basic, simple, okay, I desire the good of another. And the greatest good that I desire for another and for myself is to be with God forever in heaven. And, and that willing the good uh, for ourselves and willing that good for the others, it it's, doesn't have to have feelings. It's nice to have those. It's, it's easier to love ourselves if we feel good about ourselves. But um, ultimately, I think what you bring up is that, you know, the, the love that we have for ourselves and for others, it, it comes down to that real basic, I want to be with God forever and the communion of saints. And so thank you so much for sharing your own struggle yeah. and, and that story with us. Yeah, Sister Elizabeth, good to have you on the program today. You know, Father, when she said, uh, did not deserve his love. And I just have to believe that there are a whole lot of people listening today, listening to what you're having to say about uh, this uh, gospel reading from Matthew this Sunday, and still thinking, I'm so bad that I don't deserve his love. It's um, just not true, is it? Well, it, you know, it's tricky, Chuck, um, because on the one hand, uh, no one deserves that kind of love that Jesus, the Son of God, would lay down his life for us. And sometimes we think we have to deserve that love. We have to earn that love by doing something. And that, you know, if we uh, pray and if we live a good life, then, then we deserve God's love, and God owes us. And so we, we don't want to go in that direction. And so in that sense, none of us deserves God's love. But the fact that God does love us so much, so totally, giving his own son to live and suffer and die for us and then rise from the dead. Um, God has, has made us, let's say, worthy of his love because of, of what Jesus did for us. So um, to, to believe and accept that God loves me so much. There's a contemporary Christian song with a, a beautiful lyric in it, and it's uh, looking at Jesus on the cross and, and basically uh, saying, you know, Lord, I believe that you would rather die than to ever live without me. Um, that, I think, is what all of us really need to uh, embrace and accept, that Jesus, the Son of God, would rather die than to ever live without me. And, and that's what makes us deserving or lovable uh, in God's eyes, because the Son of God died for us. 
Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director, talking about the Sunday gospel, the greatest commandment. What gets in the way of you loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind? And uh, when have you said no to the God in your life, that God that begins with a little G, to follow the Lord Jesus? Toll-free number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on the program. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director. Father Jim, one of our regular contributors. A Jesuit priest, uh, director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation, that in uh, snowy western South Dakota today. You can hear his prayer reflections uh, throughout the day all across the relevant radio network. This is our Friday broadcast, looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel. It's the Gospel of Matthew. It's uh, the greatest commandment, uh, loving uh, the Lord uh, our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. Phone lines are open if you uh, would like to uh, join us on the program. Today, 888-914-9149. What gets in the way? Uh, the little God in your life that gets in the way of you really loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. And uh, debate last night and uh, just a little over a week away from the election. And just a reminder of uh, to you about uh, Father Rocky's new ebook, Vote Your Conscience. This will help you learn how to form your conscience around uh, the uh, truth, beauty, goodness, and Catholic teaching and uh, then using uh, your well-formed conscience in all areas of your life to make moral choices, including voting. You can download your copy. It's free. Uh, vote your conscience uh, at our website, relevantradio.com slash vote. You can also sign up on the Relevant Radio app. But again, it's a free copy. You can do that today. Vote your conscience, relevantradio.com slash vote or on our Relevant Radio app. So, Father Jim, uh, let's get back to the phones. And Bob, listening in Nisswa, Minnesota. Hello, Bob. Thank you for waiting. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, nice to be talking to you, Father Kubicki. I know you from DeMontreville, and uh, it's, uh, it's always fun to hear you talking. And uh, what I was interested in, where my, was, where my mind and heart was going on this, was uh, uh, connecting last week's gospel about, uh, uh, you know, uh, opposition within family and so forth, and and uh, the the uh, the small g uh, gods in our lives, and uh, uh, and how that that um, uh, priority of relationship with God first uh, helps us through, even through the uh, uh, the ebbs and flows of of our earthly relationships, which can be so so challenging, even within our own families. And I hoped you might be able to talk about that just a little bit. Well, great question, Bob. And uh, yeah, and glad. I'm always happy when uh, uh, people who've been to the Jesuit Retreat House in Lake Elmo, Minnesota, that uh, we connect online like this uh, on the radio. Uh, so thanks for calling in. 
but that that's a great point. You know, they are connected in this sense that last week when, when Jesus said, give to God what belongs to God, and, you know, he said, here's the coin with the image of Caesar, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And I'm, I'm sure many people heard homilies or have read about this, that um, Jesus was basically reminding us that we are made in the image and likeness of God. And so just as the coin has the image of Caesar, and so should go to Caesar, so we, in the image and likeness of God, should, um, we belong to God. We are gods. And so flowing from that, we have uh, today's gospel. Uh, You made a great connection there for us, that um, part of the way we live uh, as images of God and that we belong to God is to love God so completely and to love what God loves, to love our neighbor. And um, the the two really do go together and 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 affect family life. Um, I think if we love God with all our heart, then we will love other people, including family members. And some of them may be difficult to, as it were, love. Uh, we may find it hard to like maybe some of our family members, or we get into arguments during uh, election time or other times over the holidays. And the call is always, again, to love. And Sister Elizabeth uh, reminded us that, you know, this love that we're called to have for our neighbor is not necessarily a feeling. It's nice to have those feelings. But ultimately, it comes down to the bottom line, I want the good of this other person. You know, I want them to be with God forever in heaven. So I I think part of our, uh, at times, loving within our families, it comes down to um, praying for those people that we might struggle with and um, trying to, uh, as it were, love them with the heart of Jesus, you know, where Jesus' heart is, is uh, open to them and for them, and, and to ask the Lord, you know, make my heart like yours so that I can be uh, an instrument of your peace and your love in my family as well. So yeah. thanks for that uh, question, Bob. Yeah, appreciate it, Bob. Good to have you on the program. Let's uh, take another phone call heading out west to Anaheim, California. Edie is listening there. Hi and welcome. Good to have you on the program today. I can't believe it. Well, you know, good morning. Um, This is just a beautiful uh, issue you have today talking about. I was going to start with the Ten Commandments, but since you made a commercial about the book, voting your conscience, then it ruined the whole morning because then the word abortion comes there and it it hurts my heart because when the baby's in the uterus, the uh, heartbeat is maybe 100 and the baby's happy, go lucky there, and all of a sudden they're poking to kill him. The heartbeat probably goes to 200. And then when you say vote your conscience, you know, why do we give the power to the president or the members of the Supreme Court? The president has nothing to do with abortion, nothing. What causes, what's the cause of abortion? Yeah, but, but Edie, Edie <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but it still comes back down to voting your conscience and um, you discerning. And that's what this book is all about, voting your conscience. And what, what you have uh, discerned is right. And so when we come to life issues, the Catholic Church is very, very clear on that. And what the president might think or what he might not think or what the Supreme Court might do or might not do 
you really doesn't have anything to do with our conscience. We still have the right. We still have the duty. We still have the obligation to discern and um, what our conscience is and make those kinds of, of choices. But, uh, yeah, and so that's why we're we're trying to provide that for our listeners. So I'm, I'm sorry that it kind of dampened your morning for us to talk about this uh, free ebook on uh, on the radio today. I appreciate uh, you joining us. Uh, you know, I think, uh, Father Jim, maybe you can weigh in on that. You know, when we talk about uh, voting our conscience, we talk about we don't give anybody else the power. <laughs> we we have the power to do what we believe is correct. We have the power to discern and pray. We have the power to make those kinds of choices. And the book, the free ebook, Vote Your Conscience, is really just designed to help you on the journey, to help you uh, recognize and discern, uh, you know, what what's going on in your life. So, Father Jim, I don't know if you want to weigh in on that or not. Well, I, I think you know what what Edie was was saying, and probably thinking that you know the 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 president or the people we elect then enact laws or um, execute those laws, and so there's a certain power element in there. But but I would say that the greatest power is what we we have in the gospel. Uh, the greatest power in the world is love, and it was the love on the cross that saved the world. And so we're called, uh, when we love God totally and love our neighbor, to have that same sacrificial love that Jesus had, which changed the world, um, which took away the sins of the world. Now, there's a lot of mop-up work that we have to do because our world is not living this love that God has for the world. And that's where we come in with our obligation. And I, I think the important thing is is to um, be informed and to uh, vote, and but uh, to also pray very hard for uh, a change of heart in our country so that uh, people um, will really uh, uh, enact laws and uh, love one another rather than um, tear one another down or use violence against each other. So loving our neighbor, really, that's where the rubber hits the road. If we really love God, then we will not hold negative feelings toward our neighbor um, and people we disagree with or people we would consider enemies. But just as Jesus died for the people who crucified him, his enemies, uh, so we're called to pray and to work and love our our neighbor, even if that neighbor is, is um, opposed to us or an enemy. Yeah, well said. Thank you so much. Father Jim Kabicki, our spiritual director, just a couple of minutes left before we have to wrap up. And just back to the gospel reading from Matthew, just for a minute here, Father Jim. I guess I'm always taken with when I read, and especially this gospel that we're going to be hearing in the Sunday liturgy. The Pharisees gathered together, and a scholar of the law tested him by asking, and then he asked the question, I wonder sometimes if the Pharisees' job description includes testing Jesus. 
Well, you know, it, it often appears that way, and uh, the sense we get from the gospel is that they were trying to trick him or test him. But as, as I said at the beginning, too, this was a common question that people would ask the rabbis of their time, and they would write about this, you know, saying, um, which of the commandments that we have? And, you know, basically what Jesus does is he does quote the Hebrew Scriptures, um, because um, the Shema, which is such an important part of uh, the Jewish religion, uh, comes right out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. And uh, it's to love God so totally, and uh, Deuteronomy says, drill this into your children. Speak at home and abroad. Bind it on your wrist. Put it on your doorpost to remind you, love God so totally. And then Jesus quotes from the book of Leviticus, also one of the first five books of the Bible, where it does say, love your neighbor as yourself. And what's unique about this is Jesus combines these two um, into basically one commandment, um, that the two go together. Loving God means that we love our neighbor because we love what God loves his other human children. Yeah, and then, Father Jim, just in a few seconds, I, I read that, and then, you know, we're talking about something that happened 2,000 years ago. But I wonder if we test the Lord by the way we uh, live our lives. <laughs> oh, all, I think all the time, you know, it's often um, it, it comes down to a sin of presumption where we, we say, Lord, uh, I'll do this because I, I, I know I can get away with it or you'll forgive me. <laughs> so there is a testing that happens in our lives, too. Father Jim Kavicki, our spiritual director, we have to wrap things up. And Father Jim, as you know, we'd like to close the hour with a final blessing for all of our listeners. I'm happy to do that, Chuck. And thank you for having me on uh, this week. I I love talking about the Sunday Gospel with, uh, with our listeners. Heavenly Father, you have loved us in so many different ways. And you continue to love us and pour out your grace upon us. Help us to love you completely with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength and help us to love our neighbor as you love them. We ask this, and we ask your blessing upon all the people who are listening and our families and friends. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Have a great weekend.